All right, welcome back to the show, episode 446 of the podcast. I am recording this episode Thursday night, late late Thursday night, December 8th, 2022. Um, so I'm a little late, but I'm hoping to get this episode out by the morning of the 9th, which, you know, it's going to have a short shelf life because the Knicks do play the Charlotte Hornets that very night. But whatever. Um, you know, like for calls and we get busy. So episode 446, welcome to the show. We're talking Yanks. Oh, Yanks. <laughs> We're talking Yankees. We're talking Knicks. Sorry, I'm just excited because of what the Yankees uh, just recently did. I'm not excited. I'm just more like, you know, we got that out of the way. Uh, and we might have an episode talking about that pretty soon. So, uh, just, you know, be ready for that. Jesus Christ. Let's, this is the mess. Let's just get into the intro and we'll, t- we'll talk Knicks. Holy fungal. Welcome to BD4, an RJ Carbone podcast. BD4, where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA. Yanks every series. Nicks every game, MMA on occasion. BD4 is a five-star show on Apple Podcasts, also available in video format on YouTube and Spotify. So thanks for stopping by, and we hope you enjoy the show. Champion of the world, turning, looking, see ya! Anthony for three, Creates and showing some dexterity as well with the left hand. Oh, 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 oh. All right, what's up? What's going on, everybody? I'm your host, RJ Carbone, and you are listening to episode 446 of the podcast where the Knicks pummel the loser Hawks. They pummel the loser Hawks. They did it last night. Last night? Last night, as I'm recording. So we're going to talk about it. Um, you know where to find me. You know, you know, all that shit. Don't even need to bother. I want to get right into this. Because um, there are some things we got to talk about <clears throat> a little later in the show. But, you know, as far as the day-to-day goes, the Knicks... Beat the Hawks 113-89 at Madison Square Garden on Wednesday night. Uh, it was actually an ESPN game, which is why Randall went off. Um, I watched the MSG version. But the Knicks win. Uh, the Hawks were without quite a few players. The Knicks took advantage with a strong revenge game to bounce back from their disgraceful choke job. Against the Hawks a few weeks ago. <clears throat> yeah, Randall was dominant. Great effort from him. The shooting was there. The defense of uh, the defense was there. The rebounding was there. Quentin Grimes, big breakout game again for him. The Knicks started out pretty hot in the first quarter. They built up an 11-point lead after one. 
stretched it to 18 points early second quarter after an OB top of the three ball. Then they fell flat on their face for a little bit. And I mean a little bit. It felt like ages. Um, Atlanta started going zone on us, and we know what happens when the Knicks get zoned. Bad things. Um, It was like a matchup zone, so it wasn't a full-on zone. But they go on this big 17-0 run, and just like that, it's a game again. They're getting way too many easy looks into the paint, just waltzing in there. Uh, But Thibodeau checks in Grimes a little later in the period, and Grimes finds it. He knocks down a three. He cuts for a layup, gets a reverse layup in there as well. Uh, He's a good finisher. And the Knicks go into halftime up a dozen points. Third quarter. The Knicks did not have another third quarter of doom. They would use that doom period early to mid-second quarter. um, And instead have a good third quarter where they put the game to bed. Uh, Randall gets red hot in the third period. Uh, Grimes is D'ing up Trey Young. the, The queen of Broadway. That worked. Um, and the Knicks extended to 89-67 and during the fourth quarter. And by then, it was really just time for the reserves to empty the bench and the game was over. The Knicks would win by 24 in the end. They improved to 11-12. and 12. Gosh, man, I have so many voice cracks when I don't drink enough water. I don't get it. They improved to 11-12. and 12. 2-0 in their last two games. So let's discuss it. Um, <clears throat> Yeah. Good win. Good win. Uh, the offense was there. You know, the Knicks were moving the ball. They were moving without the ball. Um, scored 113 points. Shot the ball 45% from the floor. 47% from three. And 92% at the foul line. They were moving without the ball. They were moving the ball. They had 26 assists. Um, not so much paint work from them last night. But they finally connected on their three-point looks. What do you know? Good things happen when you knock down your threes. Um, and boy were they. Everyone was really pretty efficient. Outside of Brunson and R.J. Barrett. Everyone else was pretty efficient. Um, defensively, I thought the Knicks were very good. Um, you just look at the Hawks. I mean, they only had 89 points. 89 points on 38%. They shot a, a, an abysmal uh, 17% from three. They were just pretty bad. Very bad. The Knicks, though, were a reason for that. It wasn't like against Cleveland, where Cleveland was just missing a bunch of open looks. The Knicks were constantly pressuring ball handlers all night. Um, And despite just 11 Hawks turnovers, the Knicks did turn that into 15 points on the other end. They were closing out consistently and very quickly, making crisper rotations. Um, So yeah, on the perimeter, they were especially strong. Um... I mean, again, quickly, McBride, Grimes. Those three shut down Young, just like they did with Donovan the other night. 
Trey Young had a very weak 19 points on 20 shots last night. He wasn't on. The buckets he did get were mainly at the rim. Um, the point of attack defense was was near perfection last night. Last two nights. You know, Grimes had Young most of the night last night, but when he'd leave the floor, there were moments when it was just Deuce. And I thought Deuce McBride did a nice job on him. On the interior, obviously Hartenstein's a non-factor always, but Mitch did well again on the interior. Eight points, ten boards, and even two dimes. Uh, But he was working the glass again, man. Clint Capella is a tough assignment. He's not easy to go up against down there. But Mitch held his own. Uh, he was scoring a little bit from the short corner. Four for four in the dunks. He was rebounding again on the offensive glass to provide the Knicks with second opportunities. Nine offensive rebounds for this dude. That's his game right there. That's his bread and butter, the offensive glass. So the Knicks won the paint game again, thanks to Mitch. They didn't score more in the paint. But the effectiveness, I felt like, was better. They were 20-12 to 12 in second chance scoring. And they overall just won the glass 55-39. Um, so I thought Mitch played a big part in that. There were no blocks last night for Mitch that I remember. Uh, Trey Young actually had a couple of nice finishes around Robinson. But, you know, he also has to improve on the defensive glass. He only had one defensive rebound. Um... Though all in all, I I thought he was key on both sides of the floor. I thought he helped them mainly offensively, but it was a nice night for Mitch. Um, I want to talk about Quinton Grimes because he, you know, if it wasn't for Randall, Quinton Grimes will be getting the bing bong ball tonight. But um, let's talk Grimes Uh, real quickly. I want to head to break and then we'll talk some Quinton Grimes. Stay with us. Be right back. Hey guys, so if you are a listener of the podcast often and you want to know where to find me on social media, you can find me on Facebook at BD4, you can find me on Twitter at BD4Pod, and you can also find me on Instagram at Rob J. Carbone. Alright, welcome back to the show, welcome, welcome. I'm your host RJ Carbone and you are listening to episode 446 of the podcast Quentin Grimes last night, 23 points, 8 of 11 shooting, 5 for 7 from 3, 4 boards, 2 dimes, and a plus 21, plus 21 in the box score. Um, yeah, it's all about the shot, man. Like I said the other night, um, he does everything else well. You know, so when he has nights like that, like last night, and his shot is working. It really magnifies his upside. You know, I say we start feeding him more. Like enough going to RJ on those spot ups. Because he's going to miss those 70% of the time. Use Grimes as that guy. Let him take that third score role. Fuck it. You see how impactful he could be when he's gone? Like in that third quarter, man. Microwave. He comes in for four minutes. He knocks down two quick back-to-back triples. Five for seven on the night. I just hope we can get this more consistently now. Because that's the pro- that's been the problem with him this year. 
right? Because this was his calling card. Three and D. He's brought the D, but the three-point shot's been up and down. You want Cam's spot? Fine. But show why. He also had some nice drives. You know, he was either finishing or dishing it out. He had the one pass to Mitch where he darted into the lane and he hit him up in the short corner. Showed his ability to both cut off the ball and make those dump off reads all in one play right there. Um, yeah, he was shutting down Mitchell, shutting down Young last night. He's been good. Quick hands out there. And, you know, he's fighting over screens to get to Young. He's recovering well. He's making the effort plays. And whenever Mitch had to go help on the perimeter, Grimes would do a nice job switching down low to get positioning. He, he, he's very smart defensively. He's, you know, athletic enough. I, I really like the way he plays defense. And, and I love the intangibles that he can bring. Um, so hopefully the shot is something that he can find. And it becomes more sustainable. Um, but yeah, if it wasn't for Julius Randle, right? Julius was fantastic last night, and he gets a bing-bong ball. Bing-bong! Last night, Randle scored 34 points, had 17 rebounds, and 5 assists. He shot 10 of 19, 6 of 12 from 3, and he was a perfect 8 of 8 at the foul line. Right off the gate, Randle was setting the tone early. Number of open jumpers in the first quarter. He attacked the paint a few times too. Was taking advantage of all the mismatches that Atlanta was throwing at him. With a very depleted roster last night. Showed some great playmaking on the ball. He found open shooters consistently down on the block. He was making good reads all night with the ball. And he had zero turnovers, which I thought was key. Quick decisions. Um, Obviously, you had the shooting. You know, every once in a while, uh, Randall's going to have those fluky breakout sniper games where he's automatic from three. Last night was one of them. Uh, and let's be honest, that's that's all it is. It's it's You're not going to see Randall connect on six, seven, eight threes every time. Uh, but he was huge, and he was absolutely big time in the third quarter. I think he scored 19 of his 37 in the third quarter. Uh, or 34. But yeah, he was great offensively. He played great defense. Great defensive energy last night from Julius. You know, man, it's like we say. We, we say this too much, unfortunately. But it was one of those games from Randall that frustrate you only because he flashed what you wish you saw from him more consistently as the bread maker. And I'm just talking in terms of effort and energy. You know, you wish you saw that more often. Forget the numbers. Um, But I thought he was great. I thought he was great enough to pick up his his eighth bing-bong ball of the season. R.J. Barrett. um, Last night, 15 points, 7 boards, 0 assists. Shot 4 for 13, 2 of 6 from 3, and 5 of 7 at the foul line. A steal, 3 turnovers. Uh, He just, he continues to miss shots. You know, 
he had a terrible second quarter when the Knicks were in that drought. He wasn't helping. He was missing everything. Uh, but he did rebound well. He you know, he did get to the line, draw contact. The effort was there late on that loose ball he dove on. I just, and you know, he did help them get off to a good start early. So I give him all that. But I just, you know, I, it's the same issues, man. Yeah, it's the, the decision making. Right, there's not much efficiency there. He shot 31 percent last night, and that's not even uh, that's a norm. You know, it feels like a norm. Not much passing, not just the zero assists and the three turnovers, which is ugly, but just watching the kid. You saw he had the blinders on again last night, going to the hoop, just driving straight into traffic on the break. Decision making. And his defense, it's... Dude, you can't have A.J. Griffin blowing by you. Um, I don't know what R.J. at this point, bro. I don't know. He's just... He is who he is, in my opinion. And I don't think we'll get much better. Um, But coming off the bench, I'm going to give Deuce McBride a bing-bong ball. His first of the year. Bing-bong! Yeah. I... Listen, I only he only had three points, two boards, but he had six assists. He had a steal, and he was a plus nineteen across twenty seven minutes. I liked what I saw from Deuce last night offensively for a change. Um, he knocked down a triple for the first time. It feels like in forever. But I'm talking when I say offensively, I'm talking ball handling last night. He had six assists. Um, He dumped one down to Isaiah Hartenstein early. He made the swing passes, one to Randall. He was working well with Grimes and the driving kick. I liked his pick and roll operating with Jericho. I know it was garbage time, but those are important minutes for Sims now, for for, uh, Deuce now. I liked him offensively. I thought he worked well as as, the primary ball handler at times. Um... But again, part of the reason the Knicks were so sharp defensively last night was Deuce McBride's point of attack defense. Um, just as as Wally says, he's a ball hawk. Um, Trey Young, and he was even on Bogdanovich at times. He was a tough cover, and he was holding his own. So I thought Deuce more than deserves a bing-bong ball last night. So yeah, I, I thought it was a it was a good game. Um, you know, credit to Thibodeau again making adjustments and it's been working. Uh, he's going nine men again, uh, two nights in a row I believe, where he's done that. The defense has been much better with this rotation. You know, the Hawks and Cavs both under ninety points. The ball pressure is just great. Not as many wide open threes because of that. Um, the communications there, and you know some flexibility. We get to see either Grimes or Deuce on the floor at all times this way. You know, now can this continue going nine men? I don't know. Probably not, and, and maybe you shouldn't. But I say for now, you ride the hot hand and go with what's working. Um, but yeah, you know, on, on the on before we move on to the important stuff. As far as the meaningless right now day-to-day bullshit goes, 
12 and 13 on the year, uh, just 1.5 games out of fourth place. Uh, and three of the next four games will be versus sub 500 opponents um, with the Charlotte Hornets up next tomorrow night. And I believe that's in Charlotte. So they, they as, as crazy as it all is, as frustrating as this team is and will continue to be as a 500 club, they're right there. So all the tank talk doesn't really make sense. I get it. But if you're an organization that's employing Tibbs, who obviously wants to win, it's it's false hope for those of you who want to tank. Um, but I want to talk about the more important stuff, the you know bigger picture things, um, and that's some of the trade rumors we've been hearing lately. And we'll talk about that when we get back for break. Stay with us. We'll be back in one second. BD4 is located on many different platforms. You can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, and if you do there, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review. You can listen to it on Spotify, but you can also watch the podcast on both Spotify and YouTube. BD4 is available on many other platforms as well. All you got to do is search it up. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and much more. All right, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, RJ Carbone, and you are listening to episode 446 of the podcast. Thanks for tuning in to BD4. So, <clears throat> got a lot of trade stuff going on right now. Um, Cam Reddish, Emmanuel Quickly, Evan Fournier, and Derek Rose. The four of them, there's a very good chance that each of them could be off the team um, sometime between now and February. Yeah, I mean, the, the whole Cam thing sucks. That absolutely sucks. Um, his his entire Knicks tenure can be laid out in ten steps. Ready? I wrote them all down for you. I'm gonna I'm gonna list his life as a Nick, Cam Reddish, in just ten simple bullet points. Um. I mean, because because they've dragged this kid through hell for for no reason, really. I you, you can't handle this trade any more pathetic than the Knicks did, or are. So one, he asks out of Atlanta for a larger role. Two, he comes to the Knicks, doesn't even play initially. Three, then he does. But it's limited action, and he produces. Four, but then he gets hurt. Five, the season ends. You start hearing the news that Tibbs doesn't want Cam, and this is when we really first see this disconnect, this big disconnect between the front office and the head coach. And six, Cam is then rumored to have requested a trade in the offseason. Seven, then you get the Berman report before the season about his role. Eight, season begins. Grimes is hurt. Cam plays his way into not only the rotation, but the starting five. And he does very well. Nine, but again, he gets hurt. 
Grimes returns. Cam is out. Boom. Out of the rotation. And now just like that, out of the rotation, Cam wants off the team. Now they asked him if that was true in the post-game scrum last night. And of course, he's obviously going to say, no, I never asked. Uh, I never said that. Uh, but you, you, if you watch the interview, you used your eyes. You saw the body language. You saw the big fat smirk he had on his face. I mean, it was obvious. But it just sucks, man. I mean, because... And Obi's hurt right now. Obi's out for at least three weeks. So... Uh, you, you never know, but I don't think Cam's going to be back in there. I think he, I think Cam played his last game. I think Tibbs is just going to run out that IQ Deuce Grimes trio a lot more. Um, Deuce is in, and Cam and Rose are out. So regardless if the Knicks ever had a plan to actually develop this kid or not, and they didn't, regardless of that, they handled it piss poorly because... That isn't you. That isn't how you build trade value. I don't. I don't. I don't get it. Like, you have a tall, athletic wing who can play defense, get to the hoop, and possibly become a, a decent scorer. And he's out there producing for you. But all of a sudden, he has one bad game, one single bad game. And granted, it was a terrible game he had in Dallas. But that's all it takes. That's all it takes for you to, to just forget about them. It's that selective accountability we always talk about, man. It's it's just a little curious, man. That's all. It makes you wonder if something else is going down. You know, Deuce McBride has done nothing different from when before Cam was benched to after he was benched. He's been the same player all year. Sporadic minutes doesn't show much. Grimes comes back from serious injury and he's plugged in right away despite not really being in rhythm at the time. But Grimes is at least a Thibodeau guy. He was a Thibodeau pick. So you can understand that. And he's a guy with uh, with a ceiling. The Deuce McBride thing though is very curious. Because Deuce, listen, he, he, he plays great defense. But you don't know what it's... You, you don't think... He, he's, he's a late first rounder. He might even be a second rounder. He brings you absolutely nothing as a scorer each and every time he takes the floor. Whenever he sees minutes, he's missing shots. He hasn't done anything to deserve jumping over Cam. You know, so it makes you wonder if it's political or not. And, and this is what I hate about the Knicks. And how obsessed they are with optics. It's all about connections. It's like, who is your agent? Are you CAA? If you're CAA, if you're CAA you play. You know, What's your contract? If it's a big contract, you got to play. We can't look bad um, up until recently, I know. But it's, you know, wh- which regime drafted you? Did the coach have an influence? Okay, you can play him, you can sit him. That's how they operate. It's it's the you know, the bullshit that Tibbs spews about everything being merit based. That's crap. Total crap. These guys have done nothing in the front office but mismanage their assets so poorly. The disconnect between Leon, Worldwide West, the rest of the executives up there, and Tibbs and the coaching staff. Uh, it, it's it's from here to there. It's so the disparity is so. 
outstanding. You know, I was listening to Knicks Fan TV, and Alex brought up a great theory here, which I think may be 100% to a T correct. While Grimes was out and Cam was in the starting lineup, that was the Knicks' way of taking it extra slow on Grimes purposely. This way they could use that playing time for Cam to produce some film highlights and build his trade value. Because remember, Grimes was playing very sporadically and very situationally. It was weird. Like, nobody knew what the hell was going on with his health. Is he good to go? Is he not? So I think that was just them using Cam to build value. And they never really truly had any intention of developing him or keeping him in the starting lineup ever. He brought that point up and I was like, wow, that's definitely it. It's got to be it. Shit, I want out too if that was it. Like... It, it just doesn't make sense. There's got to be more to it than just we think Deuce is playing better, which he's obviously... that's Cam was playing great. Not great. Okay, he wasn't playing great. Cam was playing good. He was filling his role good. He was doing a nice job to where he shouldn't have just been thrown back to the bench and out of the rotation because of, of one miserable game in Dallas. So he's now on trade rumors. He's probably out. Uh, Derek Rose and Fournier are also on the market. None of them are in the rotation anymore either. Uh, it it makes perfect sense for them to go. You know, I know a lot of people think that's a bad look, and it is. You know, the front office is paying however amount of money to these two guys, and and they're riding the pine, about to be moved. But I'd rather cut our losses here than to once again like force playing them because of, like we were saying, political reasoning. You know, Derek Rose, from what I'm hearing, there's not much of a market for him because, you know, he's old, he's injured, he's kind of washed up. He's clearly not it anymore. You can see that by watching him this year. Step slow. I still kind of feel like because of who his name is, he's Derek Rose, somebody might want that contract. Somebody might be looking for a point guard to come off the bench and penetrate. Good leader in the locker room. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I'm totally on board with moving D-Rose. Deuce can take that spot. IQ takes the lead ball handler role with the second unit. Um, Fournier. Two years left on his deal. Again, it's reported he's got not much of a market either. His value's depleted because he's not in the rotation. But I feel like a contender in desperate need of shooting could say yes to a Fournier deal. Maybe like Milwaukee. Um, and, you know, Fournier's tenure with the Knicks has been a weird one. You know, he's done some good, but done a lot of bad. Um, makes a lot of money. Doesn't exactly... I don't know. He, he's one of those players, if you don't like him, you hate him. He's... It's it's both Fournier and Tibbs to me that botched like he's he's a guy who is you know at least with Orlando and Boston he was playmaking using shot creation and curling off screens to score but in this offense the way Thibodeau runs it all it is is isolation 
in some DHL. Like, it's not creative enough for Fournier to really thrive. But at the same time, a shooter finds a way to shoot, right? A shooter finds a way. And he hasn't been consistent as a shooter. Not this year, sure as shit. And parts of last year even, despite the record. Plus, he plays no defense. So, this is the Knicks team in desperate need of defense. You can't just put him in the rotation again. So, he's out. And I think with Fournier, getting rid of him is tricky, though. Because you might have to attach young players to get rid of that contract. And obviously the report, I think it came from Katz. Fred Katz said that Quickly and Cam could be a part of that deal. Um, If you move Quickly by himself, there was the report saying that the Knicks want a first rounder back. That whole thing is weird to me though. Like, why move a first-round pick and quickly for a first-round selection? What if you don't get a player of of similar value back? Is that pick even going to be unprotected? I would rather, you know, I, I would rather move quickly on his own and not with Evan because I feel like if you move quickly with Evan Fournier, his value is going to get depleted. Because it's with Fournier's contract. It's just like why move young talent just to shed a bad contract when your team needs young talent more. I don't know. A quickly deal could be in the mix though. It could happen soon. Um, you got three young players in the team right now on expiring deals. And quickly was also rumored to be unhappy with his role. Remember the whole thing with someone from his camp on social media calling out Tibbs on Twitter or sharing other Knicks fans uh, posts that are like anti-Thibodeau. So he could be on his way out. Um, I would prefer we keep quickly. But if it, you know, I'm always looking. Because again, at the end of the day, this is a roster full of 15 role players. That's it. All right. Um, And I heard the Zach Levine shit. Um, I, I... uh, I, I say no thank you to that. Um, nice player, but he he's he doesn't do it for me. He's got the injury problem. Um, he puts up numbers, yeah, but he's kind of mediocre in terms of the impact that he makes towards winning. And do I really want to pay that much money for Zach Levine, who's 27 and He's making he's gonna be making anywhere from forty to fifty million in the next four years of his extension. I, I'm not doing that shit. Are you kidding me? I'm not moving a decent haul for that. But you gotta find a way somehow to get a star in here. Um that's that's the tricky part, because the Knicks are in this purgatory we always talk about. But, yeah, that's it with, with the trades. Uh, again, as far as the meaningless day-to-day shit goes, like I said, two in a row for the Knicks. One game under five hundred now, and just a game and a half back from the fourth seed. Uh, tomorrow we got the Hornets. So, that's that. Get to our final break. Come back, wrap it up with the trivia question of the day. Stay with us. We'll be right back. We also have a website now for BD4. 
If you go to bd4blog.com, you can find the blog, the podcast links, and also where to find me on social media. Just go to bd4blog.com. Studio 69 Productions is a podcast production agency created by Leo Rodriguez to allow content creators to market their podcast. It's an online platform that will market your podcast or any other project that you're working on. Get in touch with Leo Rodriguez from Studio 69 Productions. You can find Studio 69 Productions on Instagram at Studio69NJ. Studio 69 Productions, where dreams are heard and born. All right, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. Let me just open up the NBA app real quick. Bear with me. Now, we didn't have, we didn't have an RJ's parlay for this one, but I do have one tonight. I just want to check to see if I got it. Jokic, 35 everything. We got that. Lillard, Dame for 15 points. Oh, he's got fucking 40. Got that. Jamal Murray needs 20 of everything, please. Got that. And then last but not least, Nurkic needs 25 of everything. Got that. Good. So we just won some buck. Nice little uh, plus 100 something, I believe. Nice. All right, let's get to our trivia question. All right, for episode 446, our NYYNYK MMA trivia question of the day is true or false? Carmelo Anthony ranks top seven in Knicks history for free throws made. True or false? Carmelo Anthony ranks top seven in Knicks history for free throws made. Let me know the answer wherever you can reach me. If you get the answer correct, I'll give you a shout-out in the next episode. If you don't get it correct, but at least attempt to guess the answer, I'll DM you what the answer is in the next show. Guys, that's it. One last time. True or false, Carmelo Anthony ranks top seven in Knicks history for free throws made. True or false. And that's it. I'll see you guys in the next one. Later. This episode was brought to you by Anchor.